Greetings. Welcome to Space Court. Aloha. The Earth Hi. says hello, and so do we. Happy Age of Aquarius. And in the likeness of the Age of Aquarius, it's not the Age of Aquarius. <laughs> okay, okay. Hold Is on. Is that a good start? You like that? I'm nervous. Buckle your about fucking seatbelts. I know. Yeah, it's a little much. Sorry. I think it was nice with the like, you know, a lot of welcoming. We are in 2021 in the Gregorian mm-hmm. calendar. And are we in the age of Aquarius? We don't know. There's a lot of things going on. 2021 has already taken me in directions that I didn't foresee. You know, I've been talking a lot about my excitement about diving into astrology and learning more of it. We're finally mm-hmm. cosmic cooking. We are quote unquote in the new moon <laughs> of Capricorn. And I think what we've both discovered has really altered and shifted everything. It's me, Moon, bitch. Space cord, space cord. Space cord, space cord. Space cord, space cord. Space cord, space cord. These bitches are currently in an astrological identity crisis, and as a result we have titled this episode, Astrology, the first new moon of 2021. We invite you to join us as we voyage into the unknown, seeking truth about our real and true relationship to the stars and planets. What we've both discovered has really altered and shifted everything. Yeah. My life, my entire life has moved when did it slightly for you. Pretty much that day that I was kind of tweaking out about 13 sign astrology. Yeah, it was an incredibly sudden shift. And I don't know what actually happened, but I remember you sending me some archetype information about Aquarius and Capricorn. I was like taking notes and then I was looking into Capricorn and I was like trying to find the dates and trying to find all the stuff. And then I was like, wait a fucking minute. I found this website that was talking about sidereal and 13 sign astrology. And then I was like, I know I've heard of this before because in my astronomy class, my TA was talking about how Ophiuchus was on the ecliptic plane. And I think I've talked about this in a couple other, you know, moon calls and stuff, but I didn't think that the dates would change it so much. You know, I thought that it was the procession that was changing the date. But the more I looked into it, the more everything was like starting to shift. We would like to introduce you to a bitch that aims to bridge astrology and astronomy. Julie. Leo, or Cancer Sun. Scorpio, or Libra, or Virgo Moon. Definitely, Sagittarius Rising. These planetary positions are dependent on whether you subscribe to Western Astrology, Vedic Astrology, or Astronomical Placements. Yeah, I started looking at other articles about um, talking about the argument between Western and Vedic astrology. Mm. So when I started looking at those, I was like, what is what, what is this? And those were all giving different dates for different things. And then I remember that I had this, uh, you know, that Stellarium mm. product placement right here 
Insert ad Stellarium. for Stellarium. Open source Stellarium. Look at the sky. So look at the sky. Um, I, <laughs> I like that jingle. That's good. We can use it yeah. again. We encourage all terrestrial beings to consult Stellarium-web.org or any astronomy software that provides a map of the cosmos. Yeah, I started looking into Stellarium and I was like, where is this, the moon actually? So we got all this stuff in Western astrology talking about how this new moon in January 2021 is in Capricorn at 23 degrees. Mm. And this is how this works and this is how mm. this works. Mm. And I go on this software, my Stellarium software. Stellarium, look up at the sky. Look at the sky every time. So, okay. No, I love it. I love it. It's perfect. It's, it's what I was hoping for. I think we need to recap people. Julie was an astronomy and probably still is an astronomy student. Astronomy is the ones that are like super science and superstars, not astrology related. So Stellarium, look up at the sky, is look at the, the software from this class. So this is like legit non-astrology star stuff. Just want to say really quick, I am an astronomy hobbyist. I was only an astronomy student for a semester. Definitely heavily interested in astronomy and astrology. So, okay. So you look in Stellarium because you're like, whoa, all these articles are saying this, that. And what do you find when you look up in your astronomy software? Where is the moon in January 2021 on January 12th? Uh, Sagittarius. Wait, it's the 12th? I thought it was the 13th. I think it's the 13th at like midnight, depending on what time oh, yeah, you're yeah. in. Okay. So, so what I've found is that, yeah, it's in uh, Sagittarius. The uh, sun's in Sag. Guys, the moon's in Sag. Uh, guys, it's wild. My heart. My up. heart. I know. We would like to introduce you to a bitch that believes in the power of belief above all things. Rachel. Cancer, or Gemini Sun. Cancer, or Gemini Moon. Gemini, or Taurus Rising. These planetary positions are dependent on whether you subscribe to Western Astrology, Vedic Astrology, or Astronomical Placements. Okay, folks, listen. I know. I don't know what we're putting out, but we're putting out like similar to Batman's like little Gotham City. It illuminates mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. sky and Batman knows, okay, yeah. it's time to do work. We are putting out the space court sign, which maybe it's just an eyeball in the galaxy. I don't know. I don't mind that. I don't mind like we're putting this- we're putting the massive eyeball in the galaxy out to all of you. Yeah. And we want to know what your knowledge is, what your experience is. I mean we're not throwing out Western completely. Like obviously a majority, meaning all of Space Court, except for the two Vedic <laughs> episodes that I did in 2019 around like December, you can look back in the archives, are Western based. And so much of the information that I've gathered about Western has truths, you know, like as much as Stellarium is telling us that the new moon look at the sky. on January 12th and 13th is in Sagittarius, the constellation of Sagittarius, Everything on the web and the social media is saying it's in Capricorn. So I was conflicted with this. I think, Julie, I don't want to speak on your behalf, but I feel like 
you were ready to throw out Western completely and you were like, fuck that. Totally. Let's go with Vedic and Sidereal like 100%. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was flipping so- tables. Oh, for sure. I was like, fuck Western, it's lied to me. I was so jaded and hurt. <laughs> <laughs> ready Look, for it to go yeah and I think I was I was trying to hold your hand through that and say like hold on hold on yes there are yeah. some lies here but within these lies are truths I foresee that space court will not stop searching for truths western holds truths folks and I believe for that sure. so much of that has to do with the collective and the collective belief around that so if you're listening to this episode and you haven't looked up at the sky guess what? You are one of those that believes in the Western and you are contributing to this power of truth in the Western astrological realm. So we're doing research. We're trying to figure out what the fuck is Western then and what is it based on? Okay. It's based on, you know, the sun's path through the ecliptic plane orbit plane. Is that what it is? I don't know the terminology. It's a plane. The ecliptic plane. You got it. You're doing great, bud. Okay. So the sun's ecliptic plane is going through 13 constellations, but Western only considers 12 of them. It has to do with the procession of the equinox, which happened 20 20- In the reign of Ptolemy. In the reign of Ptolemy, who is Cleopatra and Julius Caesar's kid. Yeah. Okay. So we're figuring things out, but we're putting out the space court symbol to everybody because we want to include you on this shit and we want your help because we need it and we need your belief and we need your questions and your inquiries. Last Space Court episode, we put a call out. And for those of you that responded, hoot hoot, holla holla. Glad to hear from you. you. We hope finding your zero degrees of Aquarius was helpful. But yeah, there's a little bit of concern because obviously we're looking at Western charts. What is Aquarius now? What is zero degrees? What is the Western chart anyways? I'm overwhelmed even by like just saying these things. I have a lot of nerves around this entire situation because truth is really important to me, but we're going to get through it. Spaceline 707-780-2266. WhatsApp's best, but you can just call it straight up. That's fine too. Next thing, <laughs> Cosmic Cookie. Yeah. More than two, less than four. We got a jingle for it. Should I play the jingle? Insert jingle now. Welcome to Cosmic Cooking. Oh, I'm thinking dessert, right? Something kind of fluffy and delicious. <laughs> that's, that's what I need to get through this yep. personally. Tell me yeah, more. Okay. I'm salivating. We're going Western, right? So mm-hmm. the moon, according to Western and all social medias everywhere, mm-hmm. it's the moon is at 23 degrees in Capricorn, right? So I looked into my own chart, my birth chart. And found my 20 degrees, 23 degrees in Capricorn. And that is exactly where my Neptune is dun, dun, in my dun. second house. I got to make this Neptune marshmallows because that's dreamy. And Neptune is a dreamy motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Neptune is this. It reminds us of our boundless nature. It dissolves false limitations. It can be very positive. It can be like, what is reality? I'm going to have some dreams and I'm going to make them happen. And you can't tell me no. And all these limits that society puts on us and that we put on ourselves as we grow up, you know, Neptune kind of has this energy of like that childlike wonderment, Mm. you know, that we all feel nostalgic for. It's like the feeling of nostalgia to me, I think. Magic. 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 
it's like that moment when you like remember a good memory and you're like, oh, wow, I just felt that like I was there. That's mm-hmm. Neptune. That's mm-hmm. that's that moment right there. So I'm living that right now. Mm-hmm. It's fun. It's this expansion of the psyche in, I guess, I don't know what area, but I guess that would be my second house because that's where it is. Rachel, you're the house queen. So okay. I... Yeah, I pass it over to you. Okay, I'll take your marshmallow and raise you a second house, which is really all about value. It's all about worth, money, possessions. It quote-unquote houses, like pun intended, your personal finances, assets, belongings. And specifically with regards to like finances and belongings, it's things that are like worth something or valuable to you. It also deals with the physical senses, like how you see things, how you hear things, smell things, taste things, how you experience the world around you and what you value Mm -hmm. in that. So with the emphasis and value and worth and kind of like money, even valuing yourself, these are all second house things. So, you know, mixing that in with Neptune, which you described as, you know, the dream kind of this planet that really blurs the lines between reality and like the imagined worlds. Like it's, it's that lucid dream, right? Yeah. Um, Can you speak more to maybe how Neptune is influencing your second house? Do you have any examples? Yeah, I think I do. And um, this is, this is what made me ultimately decide to not throw the baby out with the (laughs) bathwater. Like I really, really wanted to. What Julie's talking about is when we found out that the new moon in Stellarium is in Sagittarius, she was like, fuck Western, get that out, throw the baby in the (laughs) bathwater out. It wasn't just this moon that was off. It was like finding out that all of the moons were off and everything was off. I felt so betrayed by Western Mm. astrology, Mm -hmm. you know? I have lost friends and family members. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I haven't. It's not that dramatic. (laughs) But like, you know, I just, I I put, you you know, you've put a lot of time into it. Guys, if you're listening right now and you've put a lot of time into it and you're just finding this shit out, I'm sorry. I feel like both you and I had had the whispers of this. Like Vedic has been brought into my world by plenty of bitches, you know, and it's been even harder. Like I'd say 2016 was my first, like I was involved with this one bitch and she was very much like Vedic, Vedic only. And I was just kind of like, uh, but you're just obsessed with India, you know, and the whole like (laughs) Hindu like religion and like philosophies, you know, and I didn't really pay much attention. And then these Vedic opportunities did appear and I definitely made note of like, okay, there's something here. But I think as a student and as like someone that's going to dive in and actually like, okay, now I'm serious about learning this shit. The second that I did that and realized like, oh, okay, so what's happening in the sky is not what Western's talking about. Or it is, but it's, it's dated. (laughs) It's straight up dated. Yeah. That's funny that you say that because I feel like it was as soon as I was also trying to get serious with it. It was like, okay, you're serious now? Good. This shit is trash. But it's not trash. Sorry. I keep saying that. It's not trash. <laughs> no, it's not trash. So it's, I mean, and the fact that it's Western astrology, I think, speaks volumes about it with regards to like, it follows the Gregorian calendar and it's set yeah. under these certain months. Like, it's really out of touch yeah. with the realities of the sky and the stars, you know? And again, I don't think that that 
negates it. I think there is a lot of truth that's held in it. And I think so much of that truth is powered by the belief of the masses. And we do have a collective that subscribes to Western astrology. I have fucking a shit ton of astrologer Western friends. And I was like, so I'm going to learn sidereal. And they were all just like, "Mm, good luck with that. You know? And I was like, what? (laughs) What does that mean? (laughs) Like, you don't want to learn it too? Like, why wouldn't you want to learn what's happening in the sky? Like, I was super disappointed. I mean, when you talk about you lost friends and family, like my heart definitely was like, why are you holding on to something that you know in a thousand years is obsolete? Like why? And their answer is legit because they're not going to be here in a thousand years, you know? Like, yeah. I mean, but, it makes sense. And things in so many things in Western astrology still hold true. So that's exactly, but exactly. not everything. So this is my theory guys with, it's not even my theory. It's my thought process with Western astrology, right? I think that it holds a lot of truth and you can see that. Like I can see it in the way that I'm being affected with my Neptune in the same exact place as this moon is, right? So I think that Western astrology or like at least parts of Western astrology seem to hold true to so many people because they're so plentiful, but so vague at the same time. So there are things that can kind of apply to a good majority of people, at least on some level. It's like, Rachel, when you and I talk and you were like, I'm every woman, I'm every sign, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Cue the Whitney Houston song. Cue the Whitney (laughs) R.I.P. Whitney Houston. We love you, bitch. This is where Rachel goes back to, to belief systems, right? You can embody any sign if you're, yeah, that's me, and you put enough faith into astrology. And that is a quantifiable psychological phenomenon. I don't know if you guys have ever seen The Santa Claus with Tim Robbins. Is that his name? Tim Robinson? Tim Robbins? Tim, Tim the Toolman Taylor. He, like, the, 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 um, what is it? What is that thing he rides? The sleigh. <laughs> the Santa shuttle. <laughs> What's that thing? Sleigh. It's, I'm sleigh. The, the sleigh. <laughs> Whatever. When he's riding his sleigh, right, it only works off of belief. Like if mm. people don't believe in Santa, then it can't run. And I think that's the thing with, was that, was that the same thing in Elf? Is that all Santa movies? You have to believe in it for it to work. That's right. like how Nothing this shit works, works. Unless you believe in it's all Santa movies. I think you're right for sure. I think so, dude. Like you gotta believe. We need mm. holiday cheer, and then people right. start singing, and then it's like, oh yeah, the sleigh is working. We can get back to the North Pole. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think Western astrology is kind of the same thing, and it makes me wonder if that doesn't extend to all forms of astrology. Sure. And it's just like it's turning me upside down. It's tricky because, you know, even with this idea of a thousand years from now, Western astrology will be obsolete. The crazy thing is, I mean, I do believe that there is some essence or part of myself that will exist in a thousand years. Because again, I think we are coming into consciousness that is not linear. I think we're coming into consciousness that doesn't hold just one truth. Western can be true. Uh Vedic can be true. Tropical, sidereal. Like there's going to be less division and there's going to be more unification slash more like multidimensional realities that are going to reveal themselves. And we'll have the capacity to hold that, you know. So in the meantime... Don't be so disheartened about these findings about where things are falling in the sky, because 
as I'm reaching out and connecting to more people with more knowledge, as I'm bridging the gap with some Western and Vedic astrologers, like this to me will make a more well-rounded and whole and complete experience for our astrological journey that is Cosmic Cooking. More than two, less than four. Welcome to Cosmic Cooking. Okay, so you were going to give some examples of second house, Neptune, Cap Moon. How it's fucking with me. All right, getting into why I do think that Western holds some truth. Because I've been saying for the last couple of weeks or months, or I don't even know how long, that I feel like I'm living in a dream. I try uh, to lucid dream some nights Mm. and sometimes I can't really do it, but I've definitely done it before. Mm. And I have these systems to tell myself whether I'm dreaming or not. Mm. Right. So I do these during the day (laughs) because I'm like, am I dreaming right now? And it just feels like, I don't know. I just feel like I'm not like I'm like I'm living life through a memory. Maybe maybe this is like the flash of, you know, seeing your life flash before your eyes right before you die. Mm. And there's like no time to it. There's no understanding. Nothing is tangible. Mm. You know, everything is fleeting. Nothing is like memorable, even if it is. It's like I'm thinking about thinking about things. Like mm. <laughs> it just doesn't feel real. It all feels very like pillowy and intangible. Mm. But seeing that placement of this dreamy Neptune mm. in my second house of value and of things that I value and things that I identify with and what I find important, it's just I don't know what's real. I don't I, I just mm. don't when I listen to information, I don't know what to believe. I don't know if I can trust myself. Yeah. Well, you know, Neptune does favor intuition. So if that's any consolation, lean into that. That's kind of cool that you say that too, because I was just talking to um, my partner a couple of days ago about how I went through this period where I really didn't trust my intuition. I wouldn't listen, Mm. you know, and now I'm at a point where I think I do a lot more. I'm willing to listen to my intuition. I mean, sometimes I still get caught up. I'm human. I still mess up. I still ignore it sometimes. Sure. Sure. You know, sometimes I don't even hear it and I'm confused and I'm just, my anxiety for a certain situation gets in the way of actual discernment, but I trust myself way more than I ever have, you know, and I, I was even writing that in a paper. So Mm -hmm. I was like, well, this is, you know, interesting. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that it favors tuition. That's another thing that makes me see the, see the value in the Western astrology. But then again, right. Well, how do I know? And as we're continuing to learn, I understand that the Vedic system does not really acknowledge the outer planets, which are Jupiter, Uranus, Saturn, Neptune, Pluto, with regards to like what the meanings of planets are. We're in a trial period with Western, you know, like I think we've both been betrayed a little bit. Skeptical glasses are back on, you know, like I think for a Mm -hmm. minute it was like, yeah, whatever, rosy and like, okay, cool. Like all these things are very affirming. And, And again, like even with the broad strokes that you speak about with regards to descriptions of, Mm-hmm. you know, personalities or birth charts. I mean, it doesn't fucking matter. Like as vague as it is, the reading that Say gave for Rain, <laughs> nah, mm-hmm. that shit doesn't apply to me. I am not an earth angel that is here to just unconditionally love people. 
I am not someone yeah. that has no construct of time. Like, not true. Mm-hmm. With rain, those vague, <laughs> broad strokes are <laughs> true. You know, Fair. so there is still mm-hmm. some overlap. There's some Venn diagram that's happening. And again, like yeah. as I understand it, a thousand years from now, 100% Western is obsolete. But we're learning. We don't know. Let's see. Um, I think we can talk to some of what Vedic says about this moon, which is, it's saying the lunar mansion. Oh gosh, so intimidated. Vedic, I'm so intimidated by you. Okay, (laughs) something about this moon, Jupiter and Mercury here as the planet of wisdom and of intellect respectively suggest a natural time for learning and study. Yeah, that's what we're doing. Both Jupiter and Mercury are in Shravana Nakshatra. Ugh. India, uh, yeah. your hey, language playing me. <laughs> What's it called? What is it? Sh- Shravana Nakshatra. Shravana Nakshatra. You know, like um, like my Sharona and Nirvana. Shravana. Oh, uh, um, I got Shravana. it. My Shravana. Yeah, and got then it. Nakshatra. Knock, knocking on Shatra, you know. <laughs> yeah, that was good. That was good. <laughs> good. This inspiring Shavana and receptive, is, yeah, is where oh, oh. Jupiter and Mercury are. And this inspiring and receptive lunar mansion symbolizes the ear. It has meanings of reverence for education, most especially for ancient subjects in which knowledge was originally not written down, but passed on verbally and heard. Okay, so a lot You're of like finding books on this shit. Oh my gosh, this is going to be so hard. Okay, Shravana Nakshatra. Great, is the Nakshatra <laughs> of Chandra. All right, what does that mean? hold on. There's more, guys. Uh, if you weren't sold on Vedic yet, let me just read these last two lines. The moon in this chart is in the lunar mansion of Uttara Ashasha whose symbol is the tusk of an elephant, and thus it has associations Uh, with Ganesh, the elephant-headed deity known as the remover of obstacles. Like Ganesh, this nakshatra's energetic traits are uplifting while at the same time fixed and stabilizing. That's good to hear. Yeah, that's great to hear. That's nice. That's real nice. Um, Yeah, because this was not very positive on the Western side, I tell you what. (laughs) Yeah, apparently on January 14th, the sun will enter sidereal Capricorn. So there you go, mm. folks. Um, we're still in Sagittarius in Vedic, and we're in Capricorn in Western. Welcome, Cosmic Cooking. Welcome to Cosmic Cooking. Wow. Okay, so... That is kind of uh, the beginnings of 2021. There's a lot going on. Yeah. Do you have anything else to share with regards to Western or Vedic? Yeah, there was something. Um, Something that I saw in my Vedic notes that I have uh, with this conjunction of Saturn, Pluto, and Jupiter. Pluto. (laughs) If you guys didn't know, in Vedic, Pluto is Pluto. Because it basically combines Jupiter with energy. So if you can imagine, I'm going to keep going. I can go on. I can go on. We can either call it Pluto or Pupito. So there's Saturn, which deals with purpose. Pluto deals with death. And Jesus, Jupiter deals with the soul. (laughs) Jupiter (laughs) deals with the soul. 
these together have this theme of finding higher um, your higher life's mission in the face of death and change. So that doesn't necessarily mean death of people. It more means like the concept of death where at least in, in Western culture, we view death as a scary and a sad thing. And then we have a time of mourning for that death. But this isn't talking about, like I said, specifically people. This could be like the death of an idea, um, the death of a dream, the death of a desire. But with death, it's the great equalizer, right? We need death to teach us how to appreciate life, teach us how to appreciate things and appreciate each other while we're still here, right? This happens every 20 years or so. So this kind of is hinting at the start of like a new dream or a new purpose to be actualized within this period. So it's the death would be of whatever purpose you were fulfilling between 2001 and 2020, because now we're moving on to this new 20 year purpose. And maybe it's that, maybe it's the, the things that you learned, you know, that you can take with you. Think about some things in your life that you're going to have to say goodbye to and, you know, give yourself the time to mourn them if you need to. This could be like relationships. This could be a job. This could really be anything. Figure out in your life where, and this is <laughs> the vagueness that I see, you know, um, but figure out in your life where you could be putting something to rest in order to make room for the new the new life purpose, the new 20-year cycle, you know, come to things with fresh eyes, you know, give yourself the time you need to let them go. But when you're done, let them go for real, you know, so you can make room and move through that new open door. While it's very possible that you're kind of like taking some of the things you learned into the new, it could also be a 180. I mean, honestly, with mm -hmm. this whole this whole uncovering of what I thought my learning of astrology was going to be like, there is a death here. I was definitely like excited about Western and this, and now I'm having to like restructure things. And I think this is a very small sliver of the kind of death that I'm experiencing, you know, with regards mm -hmm. to purpose and like what I believed this learning was going to bring is like, Oh fuck, we got to wake people up. We've also got to like learn to carry both of these babies at the same time. We've really got to embody <sighs> this idea and this belief of multiple truths. You know, we've got to really yeah. on this linear mindset, you know, like for me, this is a, this is a big deal. Or do I want to just stick with Western and wait a thousand years, you know, and there's, yeah. and I don't think there's a right or wrong choice. I just feel very passionate and very empowered to like, oh, fuck. I mean, I'm also very frustrated because I'm like, oh, that's going to be the harder path. I don't want the harder yeah. path. I lo really love easy shit. I already have Dude, all right? questions for this, that, and the other. And there's also this fear, this old fear, which I think is, is definitely going to be dying for me in 2021. But this this fear of not being right. You know, I definitely yeah. have a lot of attachments there and it's not only in the realm of learning, it's in the realm of living. Like I, I want to live righteously and mm -hmm. I do believe that regardless of what choices I make, regardless of what choices others make, they are righteous, but I still have a shit ton of judgment around all that stuff. So there are things, but um, I appreciate that close out and Cheers. Cheers to the rebirth. Cheers to the new purposes that we will be creating. 2021. Yeah. Here's to Western <laughs> and Vedic and beyond. Here's to 2021. Uh, yeah. Really, oh, really if anybody have, yeah, you guys on this journey. If anybody could please give us any look, we're all students. We're all trying to figure it out. No one's coming from a place of authority. Please, if you have any insight, if you know somebody who knows somebody, hit the space line. 
get on your tin cups and string Mm -hmm. and let's talk about it. Let's learn together. Let's learn together. I mean, as much as we're students, I really prefer teachers. Like, please teach us. Teach sharing. You know what I mean? It's Mm -hmm. no hierarchy. We're all on the same platform. One thing in addition to our cosmic connections and accelerating astral awareness is to share. Sharing is daring. Whatever anybody can share on the Western front or on the Vedic front. Mm-hmm. Oh, and on the uh, astronomical level. Oh yeah. Like if you. Where's our astronomers? A, a, Show yourself. I, I want people of science. I want to believe things that are true. Personally, <laughs> like I want to give my power to things that are real. Oh, so well, if we can, well, if we, we have can to go into philosophy around truth. But yes, I hear. You. Please. Oh my God, Rachel. <laughs> I feel like part of my life's mission is bridging this gap between the ethereal and the material realm, you know, bringing astronomy and astrology together in a way that everybody can get down for the get down, you know, let's do it. If you have anything, if you know anything, if you know any astronomers, if you guys want to download this Stellarium software. Open source. Yeah. That it's free and it's available to anyone that really wants to explore the real night. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you find anything interesting, it will, we're so happy to explore it. Yeah. Space line 707-780-2266. Space Cord. Space Cord. Inspired by our natal chart and synastry readings of Britney Spears, Space Court will now utilize Britney's Gimme More in our moon introductions. All credit and thanks goes to Britney Spears and her constituents.